Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. A high drive. A high drive. He got one right in the middle. 112 miles an hour exit velocity. The ball was absolutely annihilated. Two and one to Kepler. A drive to the gap in left center field. Hicks. What a catch to end the game. Do you believe it? Oh, my goodness. Aaron Hicks with the catch. Have you guys been peeled off the ceiling yet from that game last night? Amazing game. Amazing baseball game. They had everything. Like Judd said, the previous night's game had everything you could have wanted. <laughs> nope. Last night's game had everything you wanted, including a manager ejection and my point about the robot umpire takeover being five so hours right. and three minutes of glorious sports. Like if you're a sports fan and so that wasn't too much for you because you hate a long game. No, no, no. I hate I hate a game that's that has a slow pace and is boring. This was this was sprinkled with every single thing. These first well, the, the last six games, but these first two nights of Twins Yankees and. Believe me, boys, I think if these two teams play again in October, we're talking about 6-15 for some games. But as far as storylines, as far as excitement, as far as edge of your seat, no idea, just a back and forth of two heavyweight teams, how much fun is this? Well, I put a poll up right before we took the microphones here, and uh, it's up to 415 votes right now on my Twitter account, just at Phil Mackey if you want to chime in on this, up to 430 here. All right, Twins fans, do you want to see Twins and Yankees in October? Have, have the last two nights, I, I guess my question is, do you, they lost, and the Yankees kept sitting up like the Undertaker, and they kept punching you in the face when you thought you had the game won. <laughs> Are you deterred by that to the point where, and by the last 15 years of Twins-Yankees history, or did you watch that game last night like I did, and you said, bring it the bleep on. The Twins are going toe-to-toe with the bleeping Yankees right now, 53% said bring it on. 40% said, nah, I'd rather avoid the Yankees. 
That's 40%. And 7% said, as long as Phil Cuzzy's not umping, I'm in on a Twins Yankee series. <laughs> well, that's not the o- only ump now that's a problem. <laughs> how can you not, after what we've seen the past two nights, though, how can you not say, I'm all in here? Absolutely. You mean as a fan or Derek Falvey or what, from what perspective? Everybody. If, if you care about baseball, this is great. This is fantastic. I, if you're a Twins fan and you've seen the last two nights and you're like, well, you know, give me somebody else because I'd hate to do that. No, you're going to have to go through this team. This is, as a sports fan, this is great. This is the theater I want in mm-hmm. every way, shape, and form. And if the Twins win, yeah, you know what? It's better. But honestly, these last two games, I can't get enough of it. And. It's not like you've been overmatched or haven't answered their shot at any time, including in the 10th inning last night. The Twins answered the Yankees' shot in the 10th inning last night and win that game if he's a quarter of an inch short of catching a baseball on an amazing catch. That was a make-or-break catch. That was was catch and win or miss and and go home with a loss. It felt like the Yankees were saved by the bell almost, right? Like, yes. Well, I, Judd knows I like to compare everything in life to Rocky movies. Uh-huh. Any, any sort of angle to compare something to Rocky <laughs> movies, I will take. And last night felt like Rocky won, where the fight's over, and spoiler alert, Apollo Creed wins the first fight. But the arena and Apollo Creed, everyone's looking over at Rocky saying, whoa, like, mad props, mad respect. And, yeah, you lost the fight, but you proved that you belonged. And, by the way, next time we square off, it's going the other way. That's how I felt about last night's game. Now, next time they square off, you're going to need a little bit of a better left hook bullpen. Yeah. If you're going to square off in in October and, and make this happen and win four games out of seven... But I watched that game. I think a lot of people, as a, as evidenced by this poll, the 40% who are saying, I'd rather avoid, are shell-shocked by Twins-Yankees history. And last night was just another in a long line of, here we go again. I watched that game last night and said, the Twins offense, anyways, 100% believes that not only do they belong on that field with the Yankees, but that they're better than the Yankees. And this is a different tune that we're going to hear in October if they add a couple pieces to the bullpen. They shelled a starting pitcher with 12 wins, who's been who's been very, very good. Uh, but, la- but last night also, if you're the Twins, was a complete gift. It was the gift of seeing where you're at and what you need, right? Because this is the frustrating thing about last night's game, is what transpired last night is something that in this studio we've talked about for basically two months now. And our point has been at least mine, and I think that you guys both agree, Blake Parker can't pitch in that game. Like, he's, that's not an not option. Not in that spot, for right. sure. That's not an option. Right. And, and so so if Parker now comes back and w- when the schedule becomes easier and let's say pitches against Detroit and gets three outs, and they might say, oh, Blake Parker's back. Well, no, he's not back. Because in that spot, it's too much. They are, in that bullpen, they are asking too much of people that can't do certain things. But you got the gift last night in a regular season game in a year in, in which, division-wise, you're still in very good shape, you got the gift of seeing that. And so now there's no doubt in your mind that that bullpen doesn't have the necessary components to get through that game. But to Phil's point, your offense sure as hell did. So if you're Falvey now, like, the map is drawn. If there was any doubt in your mind, well, could Blake Parker? No, he can't do it. And I agree 100% with both of your points about the bullpen, and yes, you need to add to it and make it better for October. But 
I'm honestly not that discouraged by the Twins' bullpen because I'm not going to look at last night's game in a vacuum. First of all, look at what they did for you the night before. I know the Bombas get the headlines and the highlights and everything else. Your bullpen won you the first game of that series. And two nights in a row, you asked your bullpen to come in in the fifth inning and then in the sixth inning and go out and win you a game against maybe the best lineup in baseball, if it's not yours. They delivered one night. They didn't deliver the second night. But that's asking a lot of any bullpen. That's asking a lot of the best bullpens in baseball. And look at the flip side of it. The Yankees' bullpen sucked two nights in a row. The Twins at least gave you one good night. The Yankees' bullpen, who you will likely have to go through in October, that baseball team, they were bad two nights in a row. They didn't even give you what the Twins gave you. So, yes, they need to upgrade. But, again, let's not look at the Twins' bullpen in a vacuum. Bullpens across baseball are down. The Twins are just one of them. They need to upgrade, but it's not as bad as it looks when you look at it in a bubble of of just the Twin Cities. Yeah, and I, I would add to that, a couple of years ago, the Dodgers and the Astros played each other in the World Series. That went seven, I think. Yeah. Six or seven. seven. Went seven. And there was, there was a five-hour game in there that was like 15 to 12. There, there were some absolute bludgeon fests in that series, and those were some of the best relievers in the world. Those were the... The Kenley Jansons of the world, and they couldn't get anyone out. So even if the Twins do, I, I I just want to put this into proper context and piggyback off what Rami's saying. They need to make bullpen moves, but you could add three all-world elite relievers to whether it's to the Twins or any other team. And when you face lineups like that in 2019, the lineups seem to have the edge. The lineups. The, Aaron Boone used the word "savage" on repeat to that poor umpire a few nights ago. And you saw two absolute savage lineups. So so the Twins bring in Taylor Rodgers, I think, against their plan going into the game. Because if they planned to use Taylor Rodgers going into that game last night, they would have brought him in in the eighth inning when they ran a parade of not Taylor Rodgers pitchers out and the Yankees scored five runs and took the lead. That would have been, strategically and looking at what the Twins have done all season, that would have been the time to bring Taylor Rodgers in. So in the ninth, they decide, well, when we got to dust him off. Like, he's... He's probably pitching at 70% of what he normally would be, but we, I don't know who else we're going to bring in. Cole Stewart, and then later they brought in Cole Stewart because they ran out of guys and he got shelled. And you run out a 70% Taylor Rogers, and boom, like he has no chance. You run out anyone other than top of the top, cream of the crop elite, and you're not going to hold that line up to three runs. Like you're just not. And so this is a two-pronged conversation. You got to get help, but... The lineup is going to be the thing. Like you have to score nine runs to feel comfortable against a team like that. And this lineup them. does and can. But you and showed will. them that you can, and yeah. that's the key thing. That's where the blueprint is now drawn. It's now been presented to you. It was last night. You need to give yourself bullpen wise, e- even if you bring in guys and they get hit. You need to give yourself a better chance. And Blake Parker last night gave you no chance. He's not part of the equation here. If you're in the playoffs, his role maybe come in and get a guy out or so, but you can't make him part of a playoff equation when you get to these teams because you're going to... It's not fair to to the guys in your lineup to be there with them throwing haymaker after haymaker and then to bring Blake Parker in. That's not how it works. 
Taylor Rogers right now is being taxed way too much. Way too much. That's not fair. And this is what I was worried about even when they had and a comfortable right. lead in the division. And you were right When on I that. said, you're going to tax the guys who you actually do trust right now. They're few and far between in that bullpen, and you're going to tax them now, and we're going to see the result yeah. of that in September and October. But this is no longer a discussion with three guys talking on a show about the Twins' bullpen. This has now been presented to you in game form against a team that you're probably going to have to play. I hope you do. And you can see what what the results are when you don't give yourself the best chance. And you know what? We can go back to this too, guys. Starting wise, if you really have World Series desires and plans, you probably need one more. The last two nights have not been good. Martin Perez got you four. Kyle got you five. Kyle got that lead, and Kyle was laboring and scuffling. So the real question to the Twins here is, what's your intention? What do you want? And if they say, well, it's a nice little season, then it's going to be disappointing, but that's it. But if they say, no, this is a lineup that can stack up against anybody, and this team now we realize has a chance at a World Series, then you got to go get help. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a huge body language guy. I love, I love reading body language. I love what body language means or doesn't mean on a sideline. A lot of people say, you can't tell by looking at body language. I, I can tell by watching Jay Cutler. He's a bad leader. Like, Rami's a Bears fan. Jay Cutler, bad leader? Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say, but he's just not a leader. Okay. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's bad at leading. He not doesn't leading. even he doesn't no. even try. He's just not a leader. When you watch the Twins and the Yankees throughout the early part of the 2000s and for sure by like 2009, 2010, yes, the Yankees had better rosters, but if you just like looked at the body language of Twins players and Ron Gardenhire as well. And I even had I had a I had a Twins coach tell me one time off the record after like the fourth Yankees loss in the postseason. Yeah, like we go in and manager's body language he's worked up the players like everyone's just psyched out it's it, it's a thing they're psyched out they go in they they can't stop staring at the pinstripes that was a real thing i watched that game last night and whether it's the on-field response of just hitting home runs against guys who were throwing 97 miles an hour or nelson cruz jumping over the railing and doing a a big cojone stance up and down the warning track or did you guys notice Max Kepler when he was facing Araldis Chapman and Chapman was laboring and he called time twice just to mess with him, just to mess with him. It wasn't like call time and kind of like wave out to the pitcher. Oh, I'm sorry. It's my bad. Mm-hmm. He stoically called time twice just to mess with Araldis Chapman. Declan, you saw that. Oh, yeah, you? that was awesome. And that's a mature. That's the maturity of a hitter from Kepler that is going from a young kid into like one of the best hitters in, in baseball right now. Yes. I mean, that's a he tough spot it. to be in, and he knows it. Eddie Rosario, look at watch, watch Eddie Rosario in these games. You think he gives a bleep about but, the 2009 Twins that couldn't get, you know? like. <laughs> but this, but this, this is why you need to go get these guys the help. They're basically telling you we're prepared to do this. Now get us the, the help. And I, I think that goes for players. I think that goes for Baldelli. I think Baldelli's saying, what are we doing here? I'm not quite sure. To the umpire or to the front office? To to uh, Falvey about the bullpen, about his starters. These guys are begging. This is a plea for we're ready for this. Like if if the lineup was sort of shrinking a little bit right now, to Phil's point, and you, since they were saying, eh, you know, this is the Yankees, I don't know about this one. They're really, really good. But nobody's saying that. The things that are failing you are presented in front of you very obviously, and they're not failing because of a mental problem, they're failing because they're not good enough. And at least give yourself every element that's good enough to do those things to get you there. Because guys like um, guys like Cruz and Gonzalez, they are all prepared. Yeah, 
God, that was fun. That was great. That was amazing. The way Royce put it, and we'll wrap with him at the end of the show here in, a, in an hour and a half or so, but the way he put it, I think on Twitter, I, was you got this four-game series against Oakland that was just back and forth and clutch hits and just like high moments of tension in a four-game series that you split two and two, and now you've got this three-game series against the Yankees. You've split that one and one. It's high-intensity playoff baseball in the middle of July, and now this is Game 7. Like, 3-3 three, three and 3 so far when you combine the two series. Not that it should feel like a Game 7 tonight. I don't know how you can top what you did the last couple nights. Last night's going to be good God. darn near impossible to top. Yeah. So that was amazing. We have so many other things to dive into, Twins-wise, Twins-Yankees-wise. And uh, we'll do some of those with Jason Stark, newest member of, Hall of the Famer. Writer's Wing. Hall of Famer, Jason Stark. Yep. You can officially say that now. He'll take us through his tour of uh, Cooperstown and hanging out with legends all weekend. And we can talk some Twins-Yankees with him as well. And the question of the segment here, and you can vote on my Twitter account, at Phil Mack. You can also follow at Jay Zolgad and at Rami is tweeting. If you're a Twins fan out there and you're looking at the Yankees, did last night make you think, Bring it on in October, or eh, I'd rather just stay away from them. I don't know how, if you're a baseball fan, you don't just want that injected into your veins, Dude. regardless of the result last night. I want it. I'll give me two weeks of that straight. <laughs> <laughs> so you can vote, and we'll get back into it here uh, in just a little bit after we get done talking. I say Bramer and Smalley were wonderful on that broadcast awesome. last night. But you tell me this is this is twins bases loaded, I believe. You tell me off the bat that he didn't think this was No, a he walk did off, for right? sure. He thought for sure. A drive to left center field. <laughs> oh, he cranked it up. But you know what? You know what I think fooled him. It looked like Polanco thought he got it. Yeah, his body language and the way that he he posed, he held that bat up there and posed for a second to, on his follow through. I think he thought he got it, and it just went off the end of the bat a little bit. Yeah, crank that volume up. Put a really nice swing on it. Joining us now on Mackie and Judd with Rami, we can officially say. Hall of Fame baseball writer. After spending the weekend in Cooperstown with the game's greatest, it is from The Athletic and MLB Network, Jason Stark. Congratulations, Jason. Welcome to the show. How are you? (laughs) Thank you, boys. I am floating. I am floating through life right now. Yeah, I read your piece at The Athletic about some of the -the behind-the-scenes stuff and... How just everywhere you look, there is greatness, and it's. I think it's only natural to question, like, do I belong here, Jason? And you were really honest in that article throughout that you kept asking yourself that question, and uh, you were just reassured by great baseball players time and again that, yes, indeed, you belong there, and that in itself is overwhelming on top of the fact that you already question if you belong there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know anybody that could sit in a room like that and look around and see Sandy Koufax and Brooks Robinson and Hank Aaron and fifty more than 50 of the most iconic players who ever lived and not think to themselves, what the heck am I doing in this room? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was me. That was totally me. And, you know, it, it helped that at one point 
I I decided I needed to leave the room. I just needed to like walk down the hall to the men's room, right, just so I could breathe. And I found Jeff Bagwell walking along with me, and he said, how you doing? <laughs> this was like an hour before my speech, right? And I said, Jeff, I'll be honest. Um, I can't look at the group in that room and feel like I'm worthy of being in that room. And he said to me, oh, yeah, me too. wait you realize you're a hall of famer right and he said yeah but i don't know that i'm a hall of famer the way those guys are hall of famers and that's just that's kind of the way even baseball players look at the group later you know i i i saw the same thing with jim tomey when tim Meade, the new president of the hall of fame came up to him and said we would like you to sit next to henry aaron on the stage and the look that came over his face told me all I needed to know, that even the greatest players who ever lived understand that there is a level that maybe none of us ever reach, that only a few people walk on the planet reach, and we're not at that level. <laughs> okay, it helped me to know that. It helped me to know that they even thought that. What didn't you expect? Like among the things that you that you did not expect, what did you see or took place where where you said, "Wow, I didn't think it would go or be this cool or go this far"? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a great question, and uh, and I did try to to capture this is the way I was treated by those players. You know, Thursday night I was in the bar with my family, and Wade Boggs, Boggs walked into the bar. And walked right up to me and stuck out his hand and said, welcome to the club. Wow. And that's the way they treated me for the next three days. It was awesome. Four days. Yeah. And and it wasn't just one guy. It was every guy. They were so respectful, so welcoming. And, you know, guys like Tommy, who I've known for so long, but took such great care of me throughout the weekend and didn't think he did anything special. Trevor Hoffman was amazing. Chipper, I, like I could go on and on. Bagwell was, you know, it. I, I don't want to compare my accomplishments to their accomplishments, but they acted like my accomplishments were just as worthy as theirs. Mariano, another one, it's the best. Yeah. Well, uh, how many how many home runs? Uh, well, Hank Aaron over seven hundred career home runs. How many how many home run <laughs> columns did you write in your career, Jason? Seven hundred. <laughs> It's still going. He's not retired. He's active. Jason, my my real question to you is, yeah, with with your work over the years, I guess what's the best thing if if someone is, I don't know, a thousand miles away talking about your work, what's the best thing they can say about your work? How do you want your work to be remembered? Yeah, that's that's a great question too, and I I, I did get asked it a couple times over the weekend too, and I, you know, and people have been telling me this that I make them smile. You know, I'm, sometimes I make them think. Sometimes I like I tell them some mind-blowing fact that they 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 never knew, but I, that I capture the fun of baseball, and that's you know that's what makes us fans in the first place. It's what I've always aspired to do, and there's lots of ways to do it. One of the ways that I've always done it is, you know, you walk into a clubhouse. There are a lot of guys sitting there. I know who the biggest stars in the room are. I want to know who the, who's the funniest guy in the room. 
You know, who's the smartest guy in the room? Who can I walk up to now and really have some fun with? You know, those, those twins teams back in the 2000s, A.J. Pruszynski, Doug Mankiewicz, you could run almost anything by them. Uh, you'd learn something. You'd be laughing. And, like, I'm, I'm always looking for those people. I should really, you know, somebody said to me I should, like, have a, my own little Hall of Fame display of all those guys <laughs> that I've cultivated through the years, the guys I just named, Jeremy Affeld, Mark DeRosa, Jim Deshays, Larry Anderson certainly sneaked in there, even made it into my <laughs> Hall of Fame speech. I'd have quite a cast of characters, I think. How long did you work on that speech? You know, people seem shocked when I say this, but it was eight weeks. It was an eight-week process. Not that I spent every wake, waking second for eight weeks working on it, but um, I, I spent two weeks just studying other Hall of Fame speeches and writing down stuff I thought might want to go in mine. And I, I literally spent all eight weeks thinking about it almost all the time, uh, to the point where even Saturday Saturday morning, I was still me messing with it because I wanted it to be just right. I, you know, like, what do you say in a speech like that? I, I, I wanted to make sure that I, that my love for the game showed through and connect those dots to my love for Cooperstown because Cooperstown always restores your love for the sport because you're surrounded just by people who love it. You know, my whole family has had a lifelong connection with baseball and you know, even now. And I wanted to make sure that that came through. Well, that was huge. But the one thing that I, I, I did that I don't think many Spink Award winners have done is I wanted to show my love for my profession. That, you know, we, we love it. The people who do what we do, we love it as much as players do, as much as fans do. We share that love. And it's so important that somebody tell the stories we tell those stories, and you know, I salute to salute the, the members of my profession was so important. And that, not surprisingly, every baseball writer in America who's heard that speech is pretty happy with me right now. Very nice. When does it sink in, Jason? When when is it not going to sound weird or yeah. when, that you are in Cooperstown and, and that is that is permanent? It's the permanent part that's the part that will never sink in. Maybe it will, but maybe you can understand it. I can't. You know, to think that for as long as the Hall of Fame is there, people will walk through it and run across my picture and my story. And, you know, maybe you can grasp that. I cannot grasp that. That in a hundred years, in a thousand years, it's, it'll still be there. That's mind blowing to me. Yeah, Hall of Famer now, Jason Stark with us. He's been a weekly guest for uh, for a few years here on the show from the Athletic and MLB Network. And it's uh, it's fun to see one of our friends here that we get to hang out with on a weekly basis get honored in that way. Uh, did you see the heavyweight fight? Any any part of it on TV last night that took place at Target Field? We're still trying to catch our breath. Yeah, it was amazing. And I, you know, look, I am. I am so sleep deprived that I I was trying to stay up for that game and I fell asleep <laughs> like that somewhere in the ninth inning. But uh, I'm well aware that that was one of the wildest games ever played. Uh, you know, in the last stats stats dig this one up stats LLC. 
in the last 40 years, there's only been one other game where the two teams blew a save in the top of the eighth, the bottom of the eighth, the top of the ninth, and then the bottom of the ninth. Wow. And the other game was played at Coors Field. Wow. So that was an all-timer, an all-time, all-timer. Wow. That's right. Yeah, amazing, amazing game. Do you think that this is a a preview of what we may see in October? Do you think we we might see these two teams hook up in this type of just slugfest series between the Yankees and the Twins? Uh, I I would pay to watch that. (laughs) 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 The Astros are going to have something to say about it, and there's there's a few other teams that are going to have something to say about it, but that works for me. These two teams are so much fun. I was going to say, is there a more entertaining matchup that we yeah, can see I mean, in October? Yeah, that, you know, they just match both lineups, match top to bottom. There's not a hole. There's not a place where a pitcher can inhale and exhale in that <laughs> order between pitches. It's great, and you know, I know that that game didn't turn out the way people in Minnesota who invested five hours into watching it would have wanted, but there are times you just have to enjoy the ride during the baseball season. That might have been one of them, don't you think? What a game. Oh, preach it, Jason. No, that's exactly right. If you're a Twins fan, it's too bad, and I'm not saying that you're satisfied, but but this is also involves our our discussion going back a long time, the difference between time of game and pace of play. Five hours is absolutely fine if that, and it's a long game. I get it, but man, when it's haymakers going back and forth, and two teams that are are so balanced as far as the Twins and Yankees, it's so much fun to watch. Absolutely, you know, like think of what the Twins did in that game: up eight two, blow that lead. Come back, take another lead, blow that lead. <laughs> you know, then really, if Aaron Hicks doesn't make the catch of the year, they're, they're going to win, or at least they're going to tie it again. It's it, it, even like sometimes losing team doesn't describe what happened. History will always show the Twins with a losing team, but. That, they don't deserve that. Nobody deserved to lose that game. Yeah. Did you, uh, did, in your sleep deprivedness and your travels, did you happen to prepare a little trivia for us? Or uh... I, I did, and you know my computer just crashed, so I'm going to do this from memory. Okay. okay. But I'm sure I have it right. I mean, you're a Hall of Famer, Jason. You can do this. <laughs> yeah, you can. I yeah. mean, yeah, it, 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 it doesn't matter what the facts and history say. You get to tell us what the correct answer is. Yeah, who will know if I, if I screw it up. Play the music. Come on, let's do it. All right, here we go. Crank it up. All right, fire away. <laughs> Here we go. This is inspired by Mariano Rivera. All right. He had three different postseasons where he saved six games in the same postseason. The Twins have only had three different pit, three pitchers who saved more than one game in any postseason. So you can you name them? The, the only problem is that I can't tell you all the wrong answers. I only know the right answers. Right. Okay, so <laughs> well, so three pitchers, so three th- pitchers save more than one game in the same postseason. So I got two of them: Reardon, Aguilera, and Eddie Gordado. Right. Gordado, yep. Wow. There you go. Wow. Done. Wow. Whoa. You guys didn't need me at all this time. <laughs> well, that's I right. I forgot 
that the Twins never even win more than one game in most right. Games. Exactly. <laughs> you just invented. I think we we just named the three postseasons in which they didn't get bounced in the first round by the Yankees. So there it is. It's another Yankee related topic i think yep so jason congratulations again and uh i think we're, we're looking forward to a really fun next couple months with the twins in the american league so we'll do yeah, it again next week yeah i look forward to it guys thanks all right that is jason stark hall of famer jason stark from the athletic and mlb network what a great guy yeah he just is Seriously, man. just a great guy just He's, a really good dude yeah. He is. On top of being good at what he does. Just a good dude. Yeah. I like you seeing know, good things happen for good people. Yes. There are, I've never I've never well, I take that back. I've I've hung out with Jason one time in person for like an hour at spring training. Mm-hmm. And it was like five years before he ever became a regular on the show. Um and there's a lot of people that media people and athletes that get on the phone or get in front of a camera and whoop, I'm gonna be cool for the next ten minutes or right. the next fifteen minutes or whatever. That's who he is all the time. What you guys hear as an audience on the phone, that's who Jason Stark is all the time. He's just always a really good guy. And you can tell he loves what he does. He loves the game. It's not just a job for him. It's his life, and it's what he loves to do. And it comes through in his work, and it comes through when he joins us on the show. One of Judd's videos that he did, if you're not following us on social media, by the way, if you're not following us at Score North on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you're missing out on things like Morning Judd and Beyond the Score, where Judd rants about what happened behind the plate last night oh, a couple yeah. different times. Yeah. In fact, you could make a case that there's a lot of reasons why the Twins wound up losing that game last night, but one of the top couple reasons may have been umping, and I, I'm not a guy who says that. We should talk about that when we come back. Let's do that. But uh, I know somebody who looks bright-eyed and bushy-tailed today. I would have had trouble sleeping after that performance by those... Score North Download filling in for Jonathan Harrison. I'm Declan Goff. The Twins close out their series with the New York Yankees tonight. National TV for the Twins night on ESPN. And even top last night's game, bullpen implosions, blown strike calls, no. an angry Judd. Probably not. A happy Rami with well-rested on his my pillow. So well-rested. Max Kepler being a veteran player trying to show up a road to Chapman. I love it. Every, everything was great about the game. They'll close out the series. Jake Odorizzi is on the hill tonight. Uh, check out Jake DePew's piece on Twins prospect trade value. Every top, Everyone from their top prospect, Royce Lewis, down to number 10, Wander Javier. We have you covered at Score North. And in basketball news, the Wolves and second-round pick Jalen Noel remain distant in contract negotiations. Our own Danny Cunningham has the latest. Yeah, Danny has sources, guys. I've seen him out in public on a Friday night. The guy can mingle. He can get his sources. <laughs> I've seen it happen. And, so. I, and I can tell you that he didn't just get this from Bob at an Uptown bar. <laughs> yeah, th- this Good is stuff. all right. True. Yeah, very true. But he gets. Yeah, you know, I'm sure he likes Bob at an Uptown. But bar. Bob at Uptown Wait, Bar. I shouldn't be getting my information from, from Bob at the at not the bar Bob. across from the street. Danny, you should. Okay. Well, not hold from on a Bob. second. Let's not sell Bob short. Bob could be a heck of a source. We don't know that. Bob could be any one of us. I don't know. Really, could. I know a guy who works in the front office. <laughs> His name's Bob. <laughs> go, Bob. Knock, go knock on Bob's door twice. If he answers and looks through the peephole, it means the wolves are making a big deal. Uh, did we just step on the end of your uh, your score on down? No, yeah, that was that was that was it. That was it. That was so it worked out great. All you were gonna say is back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. There it is. There it is. And right. back Thanks, to Rami. Mackie right. and Judd with Rami. Now Rami stepping on me. Thank you, Rami. Anytime. So last night <laughs> when Tyler Duffy's on the mound. And it's late in the game. The crowd's going crazy. The Twins have a chance to put this game on ice. Yankees all over the base paths. And Tyler Duffy comes in. And Tyler Duffy was was throwing gas and throwing breaking balls last night. Mm-hmm. 
and it's a full count, and he throws a perfect breaking ball right on the outer edge. The in, in fact, if you look at the K zone, it was it was it wasn't even like on the outside and touching. It was on the inside of the bottom corner. I want to bet you guys anything that that home plate umpire had the Aaron Boone Savages video on rotation in his head and thought, man, if I don't if I don't let this be a ball, Aaron Boone's going to come up and light me up, and I'm going to be all over the internet. I guarantee you that umpire had the Aaron Boone berating in his head last night. Ramon De Jesus was had the plate last night, and and in a brilliant baseball game that I thought now now there were deficiencies in in the bullpens, but it was still a brilliant baseball game. I mean, it was a professional. It was the type of game that was ultimately compelling. In the in that, if you're a sports fan, I think you sit down and start to watch in like the sixth, and you're like, whoa, this is fun to watch. Ramon De Jesus embarrassed baseball. That was awful. Like there was no, and, and it wasn't that one call, and it wasn't just one team. He screwed the Yankees. He screwed the Twins. The plate was literally rolling around. I mean, you you could have got out mm-hmm. a roller, put home plate on it, and kicked it around and been like, here's your strike zone. And the fact that we do have the technology to see the K-zone made it even worse. But this goes back to if we're not going to do the electronic strike zone, which, by the way, I think we should, but let's just say for now we're not going to. Phil, I've told you this how many times. You've got to limit the plate to certain people. Like this can't this rotation is stupid. The National Football League does not say we're going to have a referee rotation and the line judge is going to be the referee because that's the fair way to do things, right? You've got people that are more competent and and yes, having the plate calling balls and strikes is very difficult and yes, people probably shouldn't be doing it when there's technology that could, but if we're going to stay in this, why does um Angel Hernandez or C.B. Buckner, or Laz Diaz, or Joe West, or Ron Culpa, or in this case, DeJesus, why do why are they given the opportunity to screw up what was a brilliant baseball Why game? is any person? No, but I'm, why I'm why is this you. in the hands of people? I'm with you on this, but but if you're going to do this, if they're going to look, look at you and say, Rami, we're not going to an electronic strike zone, you're right, I'm with you completely, but why do we not at least take the best of the best who... Are pretty good at this or damn good at this and give them the plate for now. That's an embarrassment last night. We're watching this just world class to me baseball playoff game. Five hours. We're all invested. If you're a sports fan, you're loving it. And you're watching this idiot behind the plate who has yeah. and, and he had no idea what the strike zone was. And that's where, like, this is this is where you've you've got the human element crew. Well, the, you, you don't take out the human element. Okay. If you're on the human element sign and you're a twins fan. And you're watching that last night. You better not have been mad at that home plate umpire for making that call, at least not overly mad, because you want you you're signing up for a guy like that who's clearly a young umpire. When he took his mask off and looked into the Twins dugout, it was like, oh god, is he twenty? Is he twenty five years old? I don't even know how old he is, but he looked like he was in way over his head. His eyes were kind of glazed over because. He's just getting yelled at by everybody. He knows that he's like five seconds away from Aaron Boone coming out and putting him all over the internet, right? Um, and I just, I thought it took away, obviously it took away from the Twins, because if he rings, if Tyler Duffy gets that strike three, the Twins That's probably it. win the game. Inning's over. He goes on to walk that guy, yep. and then and then you have a, a big hit on the yes. next at-bat, and now the Twins need more heroics to come back. And that's why when people say, you know, an umpire doesn't lose you the game, you have plenty of opportunities to overcome the way the ripple effect in baseball of missing a call on one pitch 
was played out per or the potential ripple effect played out perfectly last night. An inning that should have been over ended up being a Yankees lead. That's that's ridiculous. And they miss about thirty to forty percent of ball and strike calls, according to to data and research. You know, and think about this. Let's let's say because it's baseball and you can never have a wholesale overhaul of a system without it taking 20 years, right? What, even with replay, it was like, well, we can't. All right. We'll start with home runs only, foul pole only. And so they started, they brought replay in and it was like for a couple of years, we're only going to review foul pole. Was it, was it fair or foul? And then what's his name? Jim Joyce blows yeah. that call at first base. And I'm pretty sure he blew that call and we had, Foul pole replay available, so they had a replay system in the ballpark. But we can't, we can't, we can't use it for safe outs. Like that's just too complicated. Okay, the world knows that Jim Joyce just made a miss. So we, it always takes us forever. The next step here would be a play like that happens last night, and Tyler Duffy. Everyone in the building knows it's a strike. Even from the dugout, the Twins who don't have an angle are like, "That's a strike." It's very watching enough baseball. Even from that angle, it's a strike. You should be able to do what tennis players do. Tyler Duffy should be able to, the pitcher should be able to put his arm up in the air and say, challenge that. Hawkeye system is what they use in tennis. Hawkeye system on the big screen and on TV for everybody watching within 10 seconds shows you, yep, that's just, and maybe, maybe the compromise is we don't replace home plate umpires, but we give pitchers or hitters five challenges per game in spots just like that. But let's not let this joker off the hook. I felt bad for him, <laughs> but but make no mistake, he was incompetent. Yes, like like he was been. Honestly, if they didn't have a union and I was on that crew uh, halfway through that game, I might have said, "Kid, I'm going to put the gear on and do this." <laughs> you can't. No, you you can't do this. Like if, if you give the home plate umpire if, the hook, but seriously, that's hilarious. If you are on, on the base paths last night and you're an umpire. At some point in time, you've got to be saying to yourself, what the hell's going on here? What is here? he doing back there? Yeah, I mean, it would be like baseball's response to this would, would be like if the Twins' response today w- was to say, you know what, tonight's game, we're starting Blake Parker. We're just going to start Blake Parker because that's just how we do things and we're going to come back with Blake Parker. The Twins are saying we probably can't pitch him now. Like, everybody's adjusting. And meanwhile, in what, four days, this Joker's going to get home plate again. And it might be another important game. Yeah, and And so... I'm with you guys completely on the direction of where things should go. But just in the meantime, I'm talking about competence. I'm talking about a guy who last night showed that for the for the job that he was asked to, to do, he should not be employed. And I don't care if he's 12. It's a big league baseball game. So somebody entrusted him. So somebody really needs to say, oh, boy. And and this was not um, this was not twins Marlins. This is twins Yankees. Everybody's basically watching it. East Coast. So everybody saw what a joke that became. In this brilliant baseball game, this guy had no business being allowed to do what he was doing. I had an idea today. Hmm. Umpires don't want the control taken out of their hands. That's part of why we have... They're very insecure. Exactly. What if... What if we give the umpires, like, glasses or goggles that have this, like... You know how they have, like, Google Glass and these altered reality... Glasses and goggles that that people can wear. Hmm. What if they had goggles or glasses that had a 3D strike zone on it? Right? I'm sure this technology is possible if it doesn't already exist. They wear glasses that have 
they're altered reality glasses that have a 3D strike zone on it, and they will see if the ball passes through it. As long as everybody else can see the same thing that they can see so that they don't still get to call what they think is a strike. Right. I worry that Angel Hernandez has the glasses on, and only he sees what's in the frames, and he's like, no. This is my strike zone. Oh, tonight. he would he would take the glasses, drop them on the ground, and step on them and break them. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, but my but angel strike zone is the right strike zone. He he walks. It's the middle of the seventh inning. He walks out, purposely throws them on the ground, stomps them, pounds his chest, and says, "My game." The rest of the way. <laughs> We're going Eric Gregg strike zone the rest of the way. But half man, half machine. The home plate umpire will be half man, half machine. But, like, why? So now we're just appealing to their egos and their insecurities. Yes, Yes. just anything to get this to be a reality. You can still sit back there, and you can dust off home plate, and you can call safer out at first base. Sounds like a sweet gig. Right. In fact, here's what you have to look forward to. Right now, you look forward in your rotation to calling balls and strikes. It's the most action. You get the most control, right? Well, now you get to look forward to first base because that becomes the most action spot for you. I get to call safe out like six different times. Well, home plate, you still got stuff It'll be too. great. Plays at the plate, fair foul. You still got plenty to do. You do. But this is about fixing something that could easily be fixed. And baseball doesn't want to fix it. And what, what makes it worse, too, is I, I saw Tori again today. God bless Joe. He's what? 75 now or so, quoted as saying, I never want to, I don't want the electronic strike zone because I believe in the sanctity of the human. The sanctity. Did okay. He sanctity. I don't think he did, but he, he implied it. But anyway. He, but, he implied sanctity. But, <laughs> but so, so, so you're telling me that you potentially, you're telling me that you don't mind getting balls and strikes wrong, but we want to get plays at first and second right. So we don't want the sanctity of the human no, decision. It's, it's ridiculous. To be involved in first, second, or third. Yeah, it's but we want it to very much be involved in balls and strikes, which by the way are the most yeah. obviously common thing that you have I in mean, baseball. Every pitch. Yes. Literally every pitch. Yeah. At the at the risk of running this into the ground here, because we're all we're all very much pro robot umpires here. Real quick, uh breaking news. This is worthy of the breaking news sounder. Dan Hayes says Blake Parker has been DFA. Whoa. Interesting. And Cole Stewart, it looks like, was sent back to the minor leagues. Yes. And Smelter's back. But they only brought up Smelter. Yeah. Does that mean that they hmm. have something cooking? Because that brings... That's four DFAs of bullpen arms in the past uh, since a Devin week ago Devin Smelter Saturday. and Carlos Torres added to the bullpen. Oh, oh what okay. Can you, what can you tell me about Carlos Torres? So Carlos Torres Journeyman. was in Milwaukee for a little while. He was. Okay. Because you said he, he's actually a, the White he's a brilliant Twitter. He's great on Twitter. Twitterer. And a very Twitter. good very good radio guest. And now that he's on the team, we, really? should, we should get him on the show. Actually, he just followed me on Twitter a couple days ago. Should me I slide into too. his? Slide in, well, which one of us We're wants Twitter, to slide into his Twitter DM? Eskimo bros. Carlos Torres? All right. Somebody hit the dump button. What? Click, click, click. Wait. Welcome back to Mackie and Judd. Why would you, what, what why would you say that? Why would you say that? That's an interesting term, bad Ronnie. judgment. That's why I was saying You don't say. That's not at all what we are. Yeah. Couldn't be, couldn't be more wrong. Couldn't be That's more inaccurate. Not, not at all what we are. <laughs> not even close. No. Yeah, that derailed. I just brought the show to a screeching halt. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. God. Sorry about that. So Carlos Torres. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Rami. Uh, 
Oh, you he, guys want to hear from Derek Falvey? <laughs> do I ever? <laughs> audible, audible, audible. Omaha. This is Derek Falvey. Eskimo, Eskimo. Oh, oh why'd you do that? Igloo, Igloo. <laughs> this is oh, Derek Falvey oh to our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson on the Scoop podcast, which you can find at scorenorth.com and the Scorenorth mobile app on why don't the twins just set the trade market? Why don't the twins just throw out the first bullet? What about you guys setting the market? I mean, have you thought about, hey, we'll be aggressive, we'll make them an offer that they just can't refuse? Yeah, I think you know it's something that we've talked about and maybe at times have done. And I think that, uh, unfortunately, it takes two sides to make a deal and you can't necessarily control the other side. You know, We know that over the last few seasons, for whatever reason, those last few days going into the deadline is when most of the activity occurs. Certainly there are a few trades prior to that, but uh, I would expect that uh, the the market dynamics will be really consistent with what it's been before. You never can stamp anything right now until anything's actually concluded. I, you know, We're actively working that market to try and find ways to, to improve this club. I do believe that the, the core of our team going forward and the core of our success, whatever success we have the remainder of the year, is going to come from the group that's in that clubhouse right now. Now, supplements to that group, that's our job in trying to figure out how we can find it. But I, I fully expect that we're going to have some really good conversations coming up here soon uh, that will lead to some opportunities for us to improve the team. So I can explain part one of the two quotes that you just played, Phil Mackey, a little bit more. Uh, the Rosenthal column that we talked about yesterday, which to me had a very confusing graph about the Twins' calls not being returned or that the Twins were trying to be somewhat aggressive. I was told flat out last night that they are, that the Twins are basically, it sounds like, telling people that they have made several phone calls that aren't being returned. Now... Am I completely buying that? I don't know. Mm. But I also... Same calls just yeah, aren't I, being I, returned. I know, I know. They're getting no, ghosted no, in yeah, trade yes. talks? Yeah, yes, that's what they're saying. But That never happens when Rami slides into someone's <laughs> DM. No, it doesn't. <laughs> But I don't know how I don't know how much I'm willing to give them a break and go down that path. Like I could see, okay, every one of your calls does not get returned. I completely get that. But I don't know that I'm buying that everybody that you're calling about um, bullpen arms isn't getting back to you. To me, this reeks of they're asking for way too much. But that's where you have to make the decision, right? That's where you have to say how good are we and. To go back to the last two games, you guys, I think we're seeing that this is a damn good baseball team. I don't think that this the is the last six games. Sure, sure, but yeah. I, but I, but you're you're now playing a team that you are probably going uh, to match up against at some point. We know that it's going to be a heavyweight battle. That it's going to be two very good teams, and that you and that you need more because I'm pretty doggone convinced that the Yankees are going to go out and get more arms. Right? You would think so. So I, I don't think that this this conversation, and, and it's short-sighted on my part, but I don't care at this point, I don't think that this conversation should be, but what about 2022? You can't ignore 2022. I don't want to ignore it, but I, I want to acknowledge... It's on the back burner. But I want to acknowledge what's in front of your face. Right. And what's in front of my face right now is my players telling me, no, no, we can yeah. do this. But there's, I, I almost feel like we, we're up against a heartbreak here. We will come back and talk more. Um, we're actually going to get into a, our, our second leg of our tour of the NFC North coming up here, too, with Connor McKnight, 6-7 to the score in Chicago. But I think there's almost this black and white conversation happening. Federated Mutual Insurance Company is a conversation you should have if you're a business owner out there. You can go to federatedinsurance.com to find out all the industries that Federated protects, and to find your federated marketing representative, put it as your business. In fact, 
you probably spend more time around the employees that you have and your business than you do your family in some cases, if not in many cases. So if you've if you've got this valuable entity and you're pouring your life into it and you're pouring hours and hours a day into it, it helps tremendously to have that peace of mind with an insurance company that helps you navigate the challenges of running the day-to-day. Federated has over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. You get a face-to-face relationship, and you get more than just the bare minimum. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup, so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.